there is only one player in the world right now that has the answer to Iga Swiatek. Whether it be on play, whether it's right here in Stuttgart, whether it's tomorrow morning in Paris, next week in Madrid, there is only one. Arena Sabalenko. As I've made it clear in the past, I'm not one to tell you I told you so. But Arena Sabalenka is playing tennis this week, and I think people are maybe still not believing it. At her best, Arena Sabalenko can beat anyone in the world. It doesn't matter who sh who she's playing. It doesn't matter who she's playing. It doesn't matter who's on the other side of the court. It, nothing matters. Is Arena playing well? Yes, she'll win. No, maybe not. Consistencies, inconsistencies, doesn't matter. Right now, I don't even think she's actually consistent. Although she plays at a high level from start to finish, uh, what she tries to do, her game, during the match, I wouldn't say it's uh, entirely consistent. But she's showing a lot more patience. A lot more awareness and a lot better decision making than let's say during her slump or her inconsistency days. This season Sabalenka I think was like 7-7 seven and seven before yesterday or before this tournament. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, you know, year-long record doesn't uh, really mean much. But there is only one, there is only one player in the world on the women's tour where if they're playing well, it's, it's, it's over, it's finished for you. Irina Sabalenka yesterday in Stuttgart beat Medosa in straight sets, 7-6, uh, 6-4. In the first, she came back from 5-2 down, brought it to 5-5, went to a tiebreak, won the tiebreak. Irina Sabalenka, it was so clear, it was so clear, and I mean, if, if you're a reasonable, f fair judge who watched the match, that Bedosa never really stood a chance. On Twitter, I usually um, express my, I don't know what the word is, my, um, my amazement. And, and just how startled I am about how, how the hell is Bedosa the world number two? A person with a stick up their ass will, would respond and say, Oh, well, you know, she, like, wins a lot of matches and makes deep runs in tournaments and she earned a lot of points and now her ranking is high enough for her to be world number two. Well, yeah, but that's not what I'm asking. I'm saying how does she win those matches? How? How does this happen? Like, how? Like, yeah, okay. How does she win all those matches? How does she constantly make all these runs? Like no, like that's not. It's not a, like at this point, it's not even a rhetorical question anymore. I'm, I'm seriously asking, how? Is it because of easy draws? We talked about that. I mean, Ons Jabor, Bedosa. Come on, how easy is that for either player? 
I mean, you're both shit, but one of you makes it through, and then everyone's gonna talk about how amazing you are because you're a semi-finalist. We have a few days off after tomorrow. Uh, you know, after the uh, finals tomorrow on Sunday, uh, I believe we have two or three days off before the start of Madrid um, and qualies and, and all that stuff. So um, I think uh, I'll tell you right now, uh, I don't think I, I know that I will be doing uh, two uh, uh, different episodes, one on Bedosa and one on uh, Bad Girl Ego. And we're just going to talk about them a little bit. And I'll be look, I. I don't have biases, I always try to be fair. If something good happens, I'll say it. If something bad happens, I'll say it. I mean, th there's no reason to, to deny things, and I sort of ask the same uh, for others. Um, I'm a very inquisitive person when it, when it comes to um, tennis and tennis players, and sometimes it's not even about gambling or, or placing the bets or anything like that. Like, I'm, I'm generally confused as a tennis fan, as someone who watches and follows uh, the WTA tour very passionately, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking confused. Bedosa keeps winning matches and she is world number two now. Or, well, at, at least on Monday she will debut as the world number two. And it's been her goal for the past few weeks. Well, congratulations, Paula Bedosa. The new world number two. Um, her first match, like unofficially as a world number two, um, yesterday she lost to a former world number two, Arena Sabalenko. But anyway, to talk a little bit about the match, the the tennis that went on between Sabalenka and Bedosa, um, yeah, Sabalenka just played great. A lot of command. She her decision making was really good. She opted for, for drop shots, for switch-ups. Her backhand was incredible. I think she had 14 backhand winners in the first set, which is just unbelievable. Um, I mean, our, like, she, like Sabalenka really shows that she can uh, win points, win matches in many different kind of ways. And most of the time, there's nothing you can really do about it. Forehand, okay, one like big first serve and then a, like a forehand winner, like the one-two punch, okay. Mid rally, she's pulling out drop shots. Her backhand is unbelievable down the line. Cross court, it's just so much power and pace that she generates. Her footwork looks a lot better. Her decision making is a lot better. She looks a lot more patient and a lot more composed. She's the type of player that wants to win every point and win every game of every match, of every, every set of every match, to love. She wants to win 40 love every game. Especially on serve. And before, like, if she'd fall behind, like, love 15, love 30 on serve, she'd, like, get really pissed. And, 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 and she just wants to then, like, chase the points and win the points quickly to sort of get back in the game or catch up. But now she's, she's showing a lot more discipline and patience. It helps that she has had success um, at this tournament before, playing in the indoor, cl indoor clay. <laughs> playing in the indoor clay court in Stuttgart. Um... As I've mentioned, she was last year's finalist, lost to Barty in three sets. 
and honestly played incredible. Throughout the clay season, I think she played um, pretty good to start. So the first two events were Stuttgart, she made the final. And then Madrid, she won and beat Ash Barty in the final. Um, and then the next two, I believe, after that. So Rome, she lost, I think, her her first match. I don't know if it was second round or first round uh, to Coco Gauff. And then in the French Open, I believe she lost either in the round of 16 or the quarter final, or maybe even maybe the round of 16 or maybe the third round to Pavlichenkova. Um, lost to Pavlichenkova, who was the finalist uh, at the French Open, and um, if you remember, uh, Sabalenka beat Pavlichenkova on her way to winning the Madrid title last year, and then lost her in the French uh, a couple weeks later, but. I mean, generally, Sab look, Sabalenka is a player, all-court player, um, but on on the on the clay courts, um, she doesn't really have to sacrifice much from her game, and her game can kind of through carry her through um, sort of the rigors of you know the slower clay, and and she just hits so big, and and if she's dictating and she's in a zone and in a rhythm, it's just unplayable. I mean, that's why I tell you there's only one, there's only one player in the world who, if they're playing like that, they're unbeatable. Absolutely unbeatable. Tomorrow she plays in the final against who? Iga Swiatek. Iga Swiatek today um, went to three sets with Ludmila Samsonova. Now, yes, uh, on yesterday's uh, show, I said um, I'm a bit skeptical about Ludmila Samsonova. This week she hasn't dropped a set, but she played Chloe Paquet, Waste Woman Plushkova. And Laura Siegmund. I mean that that you couldn't ask for an easier draw. I think. I mean, yeah, uh, Waste Woman Plushkova is a big name, but fresh off injury on a clay court and it's slow, and and Plushkova's slow, and she can't really move. That is that is a fairly easy opponent. Don't forget, Igor Svoitek gave a healthy Plushkova last year in the Rome final. Six love, six love. Okay, and I. Don't really know how Kvitova lost to Plushkova. I think that loss looks really bad, and it looks even worse when 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 you just look at Plushkova. You know, play her next her match in the next round. Like, how did she? How did she make it here? Like, who did she lose to? Oh, she lost. Uh, or or who did she beat? Oh, she beat Kvitova. How did Kvitova lose to her? Samsonova, I was skeptical, and Iga Svojtek, I, I kind of have an idea of what she's like after a tough game against, uh, you know, uh, like in a, in a blockbuster match against a big-time name, like a huge name, Emma Raducanu. And look, in the tennis world, Emma Raducanu is a huge name, probably one of the biggest names. Um, but on paper, right, she's obviously not one of the biggest names, right, if we're talking about it, like an actual tennis match. But like in the media, like to fans, uh, you know, to the public, uh, Raducanu is probably like one of the biggest names in, in women's tennis. Um, so in a match like that, Iga Svojtek to sort of, um, you know, drop her most amount of games. So like she dropped eight games to Emma. Uh, she beat her 6-4, 6-4. Uh, those eight games that Emma won was like the most of any opponent in Iga's like, I don't know how many matches. She's just been throwing out like 6-2s, six 6-3s, six 6-love, six 6-1, six 6-4, six 6-love, six Osaka. Um, all sorts of scorelines like that. And 
I mean, Emma, Emma wasn't really in it, but she did push her a little bit. Okay, and I feel like, you know, uh, my thinking was like a player like Iga Swiatek, who is, who seems very locked in and, and, and motivated and in very good form, to sort of then in the next match, uh, sort of respond or bounce back heavily. And it would it helped that it wasn't a blockbuster match. It wasn't a very big name, and even on paper, Samsonova is um, generally not much of a threat and, and not really a, a a tough opponent. I mean, if if you're Iga Swiatek, of course, right? But no, um, Iga uh, first set uh, three love started off good. Uh, started off good, not great. Uh, I think Samsonova was a little shaky, uh, kind of helped her to break. Uh, Igor Svojtek, a couple double faults early. Uh, played good, not great, uh, led 3-love. Uh, eventually gave it back, lost the tie break. Rest of the way, 6-4, um, 7-5. By no means was it straightforward for Igor. It was a three-hour match. Of course, I lost my bet on Igor, because of course. I mean, really, who thought that I would win an Igor Svojtek bet? Like, I bet against her a million times and probably won twice, but the one time I bet on her, I lo I mean, it's uh, like you just knew what would happen, right? But, uh, anyway, it's it's such, a, I mean, I was talking about this, it's just the biggest, like, I fucking knew it moment, you know? Like, oh, I knew it, I knew it, she sucks! She doesn't suck, but we'll talk about that on Monday, or Tuesday. So Iga, Iga Swiatek now uh, plays Sabalenka tomorrow in the final. I think she's played a lot of tennis lately. Um, I think her level has uh, decreased a little bit. Um, as always, there is always an outrage on Twitter, tennis Twitter, gambling Twitter, um, all different sort of like Twitter accounts and and, and Twitter pages. Uh, the general outrage at the moment. Uh, people are posing the question. Who is going to beat Iga Swiatek on clay? And I said, wait a second. I mean, after seeing Iga play like her her three crazy runs or whatever, uh, like all the tournaments that she won, you're most impressed by her clay. You think she's unbeatable on clay? I think she's way better on hardcore. Um, so far on clay, from what we've seen this week, like she hasn't really been that great. In my opinion, at least. I mean, th these last two matches, uh, you know, she finally dropped a set. And uh, Raducanu sort of ki kind of pushed her uh, more than anyone else has in her last, I don't know, like 20-something matches or, or whatever. So I'm not really impressed by how Iga looks on the clay. I think she definitely looked scarier, more unbeatable, not entirely unbe unbeatable, but more unbeatable or invincible on, you know, when she was playing in the US and then in, in Doha. I think, I think Doha was the best she played. Um, and then when she beat Osaka, I believe in, was it Miami? I, I, I don't really recall if that was Miami or Indian Wells. Did she win both? Anyway, um, I think like in, in, in the last month, like in the early part of her run, or maybe like somewhere in the middle, that's when she played best. Um, 
she obviously she she does have her one and only slam on clay she won it like two years ago when she was like um 19 or something and it was very impressive um last year uh won rome her first thousands title uh six love six love against uh waste woman plushkova like i mentioned but at the moment i just don't think that this is her her best game thus far I mean, obviously, it's the start of her clay season, so maybe it might take some time for her to adjust. She has spent a lot of time um, playing on hard courts, so maybe maybe there is some, you know, a bit of an adjustment period for Iga. Also, maybe you can attribute it to the fact that she has just played a lot of matches, period. And, you know, she's, she's maybe running out of gas. Um, no one can win forever. No one can sort of keep this up forever. Although winning does solve everything and will help you sort of push through and will you on when times get tough. Nobody is truly invincible uh, in tennis, or I don't think anyone ever was. I mean, all all streaks do eventually come to an end. So I don't know. I mean, look, she does look locked in, motivated, that's for sure. But... Her game is not as good as it has been, and I I would say, and look, I'm not being by, I'm I'm trying to be as honest as I can, and and completely strip away all the bi bias or biases. I think at the moment Iga Swiatek is trending downwards, and on the contrary, I think Irina Sabalenka is trending upwards. I think that much is clear, but I I really do think that Iga is slowly trending downwards or maybe not trending downwards but i think her game has taken a slight dip slight decline um to her previous level in the in the north american um swing sunshine double or whatever and then in, in doha to talk about the head-to-head -head record between sabalenko and Igor Svitek, I they play twice, um, both of them in like the last like five six months ish. Their first meeting was at the WTA finals last year, um, in, Guada in, in Guadalajara on the hard courts, and Sabalenka won in three sets. Um, Iga fans, and and there's a lot of them. Oh, oh my God, there are a lot of Iga fans. I think she's the most. I mean. Obviously now she's like the most popular player, but I think she like she has just she just has a lot of fans and a, a lot of like weirdos as well just love her and it's it's very weird and strange. But anyway, um, a lot of fans would tell you that Iga was not playing well then. Um, she was in bad form. Da 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 da. Okay, whatever. So was Sabalenka. Um, the way she played in Guadalajara in the, at the end of last season and at the start of this season, Sabalenka was absolutely terrible, disastrous. I mean, just absolutely horrible. And look, Sabalenka, when she's bad, she's bad, like really bad. But when she's on, she's on and no one can beat her. I, I guess there's two ends of the spectrum there. And I think people don't really uh, realize. They just sort of focus on how bad she once was and how beatable she once was no matter who you were you could beat Sabalenka I, I agree you know at, at, at moments it, it looked like that I mean she lost to like Kaya Yuvan, Rebecca Peterson I mean those are not the the two worst players but I mean it, 
that's really bad. Anyway. So Sabalenka did win that match. Um, and the one they played in Doha at the sort of the at the start of Iga's crazy run. Um, that was the first tournament or thousand level tournament or, or tournament period that Iga won before she won like three in a row. Um, Shvoitek killed Sabalenka. And Sabalenka, that w I think that was a quarterfinal. Sabalenka that week looked um, pretty good. I think Sabalenka's uh, two matches in that tournament in Doha before she played Iga were Jill Teichman, who had a really good week in Dubai and who has been playing pretty well this year. Well, not now, but but then she was playing pretty well and in pretty good form, probably better than Sabalenka. And Sabalenka beat her in straights. And then Alize Cornet. Uh, also, uh, then she was in pretty good form and, and playing really well, and Sabalenka beat her in straights, and the double faults were low, and she didn't get broken at all, or or maybe not much. And then she played Iga Svojtek, and, and it was just a disaster, and it looked really bad. And I think maybe that's why the line is what it is. By the way, the line is um, a pro approximately plus 200 Sabalenka uh, plus four plus four and a half uh, open plus three and a half plus 145 and then 150 and then 155 and you blink you go like um, tweet something you come back it's plus 200 and right now it looks like plus 195 but it's somewhere in that area um, obviously Iga Svojtek is going to be the most popular pick here because um, because obviously, um, but look, man, Sabalenka is playing well. She's not tired. Okay, I mean, it, uh, we we saw the evidence. The evidence is there. Is she playing well? Do we know what Sabalenka we're gonna get? I think yes, and we already saw it. Her win against Andriscu it was not entirely convincing. Andriscu was um, uh, very rusty, but you gotta give credit. Andrisko honestly managed to play pretty well despite being away for a while. But still, on Sabalenka's part, it wasn't great from her on on her behalf. Against Contevate, uh, who, by the way, uh, Arena ended her 20-match uh, winning streak indoors. Although I don't think that's like entirely a thing, cause like it was like indoor hardcore. And now you're including like the one and only indoor clay, which is kind of weird. But anyway, it was indoor. It was an indoor tournament. I mean, indoor clay and indoor hardcore are obviously like very different. I don't. I don't think indoor really matters. But anyway, um, ended her streak. Uh, did drop a set. Uh, looked at a little um, uh, low and tame in the second set, but the third set she made it look easy. Against Sabalenka, that uh, against Sabalenka against Bedoso, that was. The best she's played this week, and at the right time, she's just getting better and better. And I don't think she's gonna stop. And she has her eyes on the prize, literally. I mean, she really wants that red Porsche or Porsche. She really wants that car, that red car that they have in the arena. Um, arena keeps um, talking about it after every win in the interview. She says, I want that car, I want that car, I'm coming for that car. Um, I think beating Iga and winning the title might be like a cherry on top. But I think she's going to get that car, man. Like, look, the, like the price is right. We're getting a huge discount. I mean, it is clear 
if you're a value better and and if you um are all about the numbers and all that stuff then it's clear where the value is here okay um value means nothing if the bet loses obviously like who do you think is gonna win that's a whole different conversation but i really really think that Sabalenka is gonna win and 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 if if you think that then this line is a gift i'm, I'm sure you'd agree if you think that Igish Wojtek hasn't covered in her last um, two matches, so I don't know. Sabalenka has covered every match, I think. Yeah, she has. Sabalenka has covered every match she's played this week. Wojtek uh, only won her first one, her first match. Sorry, in the second round against Eva Liss. So to wrap up the Stuttgart segment of. Uh, Final thoughts, final picks for the match. Um, I think Sabalenka to win a set is um, an absolute steal of a line, like minus 125 or minus 130. Um, not the sexiest uh, price, but I mean, the value that you're getting there I think is incredible. Um, and I don't see Ego winning in, uh, winning in straight sets. Plus three and a half, plus four and a half games. Sabalenka, I don't think you can go wrong with that. Uh, Sabalenka's money line, I don't think you can go wrong with that. Uh, first set, Sabalenka money line is like plus 160. I don't think you can go wrong with that. I think there's a lot of ways you can approach it. Um, over 20 and a half as well is so low. And I really don't think you can go wrong with that. Um... All of Sabalenka's matches have went over 20 and a half. Um, Iga's last match went over 20 and a half, whereas her match against Emma only hit 20. Um, Samsonova took her to three. Don't forget, Iga Swiatek played a three-hour match yesterday after Sabalenka. Tomorrow they play uh, a little early. I don't think Iga has played that early all week. So, I'm just saying. On to Istanbul. Um, honestly, very good tournament. All four of the semi-finalists had great weeks. Um, both matches were pretty good um, in a way, but um, Putinseva did a little bit tanking, and I think Kudrmetova was too good for Kirstea, so uh, neither match felt like it was really close in the end. Not really a nail-biter. Um, and either way, but both um, both matches were pretty good in parts, and all four players played uh, well for at least some of some of the match. Putinseva started off strong, six two, lost the next two sets, six uh, two. Uh, final score: Potapova one two six six two six two. I mean, look, she sh showed a lot of maturity. In the first set, she wasn't having it her way at all. Putinseva was dictating. Uh, Potapova was trying to force it a little bit and was sort of sitting too far back on the baseline and, and not respecting Putinseva's drop shot. She would sort of like fall asleep on the baseline. Putinseva was taking advantage. Uh, the rest of the way, she was, she was hip to that. She didn't really allow it. And then Putinseva uh, had to sort of improvised she went away from her game she s s sat on the baseline and 
tried to out-hit Potapova, who played really well. Her backhand was solid, um, she was playing good, serving not great, um, but in rallies she looked very strong, she had the upper hand in all rallies. Um, Potapova playing this well, she is very dangerous to you know, play on the baseline with like that. And Putin Seba, her biggest problem is if she's sort of going for it on the baseline and she misses, she gets pissed. How often does she get pissed? All the time. At one point she threw her racket and it didn't go far enough, so she kicked it. Putin Seba lost her cool at times. Um, Potapova stayed patient. She, she stayed sharp. She, put, uh, she stayed sharp in anticipation of, you know, Putin Seba's slight dip in level. And when when it happened, which it always does, uh, with Putin Seba, um, she capitalized. She took advantage of it, and and she was ready to pounce. Uh, and she did and at that point when you have the upper hand and momentum especially against Putin Seva it's hard for her to get back into the match and that's what happened Potapova amazing week uh, honestly she'll feel like she has an opportunity here um, we have an all-Russian final tomorrow uh, Potapova versus uh, Veronika Kudermetova who also has been having a really good week um, she played two really good players and beat them both in straights um, like I said yesterday, Anna Bondar in the previous round in the quarterfinal played amazing. And Kudermetova was still uh, able to, to beat her in straights. I feel like some players that day, they not only could have dropped the set, but they honestly could have lost the match how well Anna Bondar was playing. But Kudermetova, um, just amazing. She usually is against like middle of the pack opponents. Um, even if they're playing well, um, her biggest struggle historically has been finals and just big names. The Simona Halep's, the Sabalenka's, the Bardi's, things like that. So Potapova, for her, honestly, it's advantage Kudermetova. Kudermetova more experienced. Um, they're both playing equally as good. I think Kudermetova is just more experienced, more complete more mature and I, and, I, and I think she'll be able to, to tough this one out the money line however is a bit expensive uh, minus 200 for uh, Kudermetova minus three and a half games yesterday between Putin save and Potapova I, I said I have no idea what to play here I think it's really tough I ended up going with Putin Seva and the over although I really wasn't loving the over I was more confident about Putin Seva um, I was wrong uh, it did go over um, although if, Potapo if Potapova started off well she really could have uh, won that under the number and won straight 6-2 6-2 probably or worse um, so I think I think maybe we're a little fortunate there, um, but it was sad to see Putin Seva lose like that. Um, but for this match, I think it's Kudermetova. I mean, did I not learn my lesson from fading Potapova? I don't know, but I can't stop backing Kudermetova, and and Kudermetova just looks um, so good, and I think she will she will take advantage of this huge opportunity. I mean, both players have an opportunity here. I think Potapova really feels like she can win it, uh, and she should honestly. I mean, Kudermetova is not the scariest player in the world, and the way Potapova has been playing should give her a lot of confidence. 
But I think Kudermetsova will capitalize, being the, the more experienced player, um, the more mature and complete player, um, and take advantage of being sort of the favorite in this final. She struggled. I mean, Ostapenko in Dubai, uh, Kudermetsova, she struggled. Um, she usually chokes, honestly, Kudermetsova hard. Um, but this is Potapova, and, and, and I, I think it'll be tough. Uh, Kudermetsova will make it tough for her. Um, Kudermetova, a lot of variety. She serves well. Uh, forehand, backhand is good. She can play on the baseline. Um, she's she's quick on court. She responds well to to you know short balls and drop shots. She herself plays a lot of drop shots, and her net skills are second to none. Honestly, her net skills are really really good. She's been playing um, a lot of doubles. She's really good at doubles, um, and her net play is amazing. She wins a lot, a lot of point, a lot, a lot of points at the net, and I think that's advantage uh, Kudermetova in a big way. Uh, Potapova not as well rounded, a bit more limited at the net. Her her variety is a bit, um, you know, she doesn't have as much variety as Kudermetova, but um, the shots that she can play and 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 you know her 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 general game, her strengths are so strong. They're so strong, um, and she's really good at them. So, I think this is an interesting one. Um, uh, if I'm if I'm picking this, I'm saying Kudermetsova uh, in straights. Kudermetsova minus three and a half. Um, but it should be good. Um, yesterday the matches were like on at the same time, which kind of sucked. Uh, these matches are an hour apart. Um, the Stuttgart one is first, and then an hour later, uh, we have this one in Istanbul, um, which is a little bit better. Uh, but I mean. You can you can assume that there will be some overlap, um, unless Sabalenka beats Wojtek in like 54 minutes, right? Mm -mm -mm. Well, this has been very good. This has been a very good week, uh, betting wise and tennis wise. Honestly, I enjoyed it. Um, uh, weeks like this are really fun. Having two uh, good tournaments. Um, the rain at the start of the week in Istanbul was kind of a, a bit of a buzzkill, but I mean, towards the end, the the weather improved a lot. More fans were coming in, so um, I'm happy. I mean, the tennis has been fun to watch. A lot of sort of kind of like new faces, yet familiar faces, are playing well. Um, it was nice to see Amarado Kanu play. It was nice to see Andrescu return. Uh, you know, Potapova um, taking a huge step. Uh, Putinseva playing well again, briefly. Sorry, Kristea, Kudermetova, it's always nice. It's always nice, and 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 the return of Sabalenka um, to sort of her dominance is nice to see as a Sabalenka fan. Sundays are usually a bit depressing for tennis fans, because even though it's like the final and it's really exciting and, and it all comes down to this, there's only like one match or like, you know, one match like for every tournament. Um, and it's like so depressing, right? Like, uh, just like the number of matches get lower and lower throughout the week, and it's just like, ugh, like I want more matches, I want more tennis, and not even to bet on, like, it's just, um, it's just so sick to, to like throw it up on the TV and then just keep it on for like six, seven hours, match after match. Like, I think there's nothing better than that. Like, like quarterfinals day, I think, is is the best day of the week because it's like, it's not like shitty matches, but like four matches is enough, and it's like all on center court, so it's like pretty hype. 
you know what I mean? Semi-finals, that's when it gets depressing. Only two matches, and then the final. Um, yeah, just the one match. Um, Madrid, like I said, starts on... I don't know. I feel like it's soon, but I, I, on, on Tuesday, maybe. Qualifiers. Or maybe qualifiers on Monday, main draw on Wednesday. Um, I think the women start a day earlier than the men, uh, as far as the... Uh, main draw like the first round matches. I think the women start a day earlier um, But that's the schedule so tomorrow on Monday we'll be doing um, Iga Swiatek or Bedosa uh, that'll be Monday Tuesday so one 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 day will be Iga one day will be Bedosa uh, That's the plan there won't be any picks to discuss maybe if there's um, uh, a draw hopefully by like Tuesday uh, that'd be nice to get into for Madrid um, but I also I also plan on looking on uh, looking at some futures uh, that we can discuss uh, tomorrow Monday and on Tuesday as well. Well, that's that. Pretty good week. This has been the safe space. Thank you so much for listening. Best of luck to all of us. And let's go Sabalenko.